If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 77 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, December 20th, 2020. Let's get started by, as always, giving our shout-outs to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Now, as a reminder, if you heard last week's episode, you already know this, but in case you did I'll quickly repeat this right now. Now, if you're a longtime listener to Yapping Yankees, you may remember when I used to shout out a sports platform called Team Left Jab. And as I said on last week's episode, and since you haven't heard me shout out Team Left Jab for months now, and the fact that I announced this when it first happened, Team Left Jab unfortunately came to an end. Therefore, I stopped shouting it out. Because why are you going to shout out something that no longer exists, right? So, for those of you wondering what the heck is Reckless Airwaves now? Well, Reckless Airwaves is the new platform that the one who used to run Team Left Jab has recently launched. And considering the guy who used to run Team Left Jab and now runs Reckless Airwaves has helped spread the word on all social medias about Yapping Yankees since I started this podcast a year and a half ago, he obviously started shouting it out first from Team Left Jab up until it ended about three months ago or so, and now on Reckless Airwaves, and has since become a good friend of mine. It is my pleasure to now do shoutouts each week for his new platform, Reckless Airwaves. So, from now on, hopefully for the foreseeable future, I'll be shouting out Reckless Airwaves alongside our usuals, Ball 9 and Grunt Talks MLB. So let's get to it. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9, and know what you don't know. And next we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, GruntTalksMLB.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and you can find Grunt Talks MLB across all social medias at Grunt Talks MLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9 for helping to spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. Also, don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following 
me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And also, guys, don't forget to always listen to and please subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. All right. Lots of shouting out. (laughs) Welcome to episode 77, everybody. Hope this past week went well for you. And although it obviously doesn't feel the same this year, if you celebrate it like me, I hope you're getting ready for Christmas this week and that you all stay safe. That's first and foremost, of course. As far as this past week is concerned, though, unlike almost two weeks ago with the winter meetings for last week's episode, again, like so many other episodes in this slow off season, not much happened at all outside of Boone addressing the media and Cashman again, too. Cashman actually had a couple of interviews this past week. He's addressed the media a lot this offseason. The one I heard from this past week was the one he did on The Fan with Craig Carton and Evan Roberts. And although a lot of what they both said were things Cashman had already said on prior interviews he's done the last couple of weeks, I'll maybe run through some of the things they already discussed and really not go in on them since we already discussed them last week because we discussed Brian Cashman's prior interviews on last week's episode, so if you missed last week's episode, please be sure to go back and listen to it. But I'll talk about some of the big talking points from their interviews from this past week and give some of my thoughts. Again, just like I did on last week's episode when Cashman addressed the media before last Sunday. The Yankees did also make a signing, but it wasn't a massive one. It could end up being a low-risk, high-reward scenario for sure. But if you are a Yankees fan like me, it should be a name that you already know of from the past. And I'll tell you who it was later on in Yankees news. But that's more or less what we've got for Yankees news later to wrap up the show, guys. For the social media segment in just a few minutes, I've actually got an open-ended question for you tweeters and Instagrammers this week. I asked it to all of you yesterday, of course, as I always do do on Saturdays for the Yapping Yankees social media segment, and I got a bunch of different responses, and as usual, I'll do my best to get to as many as I possibly can, probably anywhere from like 10 to 15 like always. But before we get to this week's social media segment, and I'm just going to mention this briefly because this really doesn't fall under the criteria of Yankees news, so I didn't want to talk about it later at the end of the show, but it is important regarding Major League Baseball as a whole, and it should be mentioned, so it's just MLB news in general. And since it's not even a definite thing, I'm not going to spend much time on it at all, and I just wanted to mention it here at the start of the show briefly. But... There is a chance, and I've mentioned this possibility in the past right here on the show because I've had a feeling this could become a reality at some point. And as I said, at this moment, it has not become a reality yet, but it was reported that there is a chance that the 2021 season could be pushed back until around May because MLB executives and owners want players, coaches, and all staffs, basically everybody, to be vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine, of course, before the start of spring training. Now, as we know, Spring training starts in February, and the vaccine has been made available mainly to healthcare workers, frontline workers, officials in office, and people like that already, as we know, in the last week or two. Pretty sure some people in public have gotten it too, I think. Pfizer's vaccine was approved already, and just in the last couple of days, I believe, so was Moderna's vaccine. Only question is, will they be available in time for all of them in Major League Baseball? It's very possible that it won't be, but we'll have to wait and see. This obviously all depends on the distribution of the vaccine over the course of the next couple of months. And I know that there are already a few million available, so 
Time will tell. Again, nothing is certain as of yet, but if it does get pushed back, we'll see what they would do. Do they make up those games in double headers, maybe, if about a month of the season were scrapped? Do they just start off with wherever they choose to begin after the delay? And if it were to be about a month, would they just play like 130-ish games, give or take? And would there be more back and forth between the Players Association and Major League Baseball owners all over again if less games were to be played, resulting in player pay cuts? Therefore, also probably forecasting more negativity with the imminent CBA negotiations coming up next offseason? God, I hope not. That back and forth would probably end up being even worse for the sport than the one months ago this year when we were trying to get baseball back. Because if you listened to this show months ago, I covered every ounce of the back and forth between the Owners and Players Association. You remember it well if you were listening. And I was miserable talking about it every week. Did a lot of ranting. Because who the hell wants to talk about financial negotiations between two sides who just can't get on the same page for the sake of the sport? Which, of course, ultimately they did, which then resulted in us getting baseball back at the end of July. But after how long and how brutal the negotiations were, I'm not even sure I would call them negotiations. I would probably just call them a media circus. So please go. God, do not let anything remotely similar to that happen again if the season is pushed back, for our sakes and especially for the sport's sake. But again, none of this is certain. It's only a possibility. Nothing is set in stone. As of this moment, the schedule is still as is. Everyone reporting to spring training in February, with the game starting at the end of the month and the regular season starting the first week of April. Just as I said in episodes in months past when I read you the 2021 schedule. The dates of when spring training was to start and when the regular season was to start and end. So let's hope it stays that way. I would be really bummed out if it didn't, but as I said... I mentioned this as a possibility already in the past on this show, so I was not at all surprised when this report came out about the season possibly being pushed back. So while I obviously wouldn't be happy, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Let's just hope that everything can start on time. But that's all as far as that. I just wanted to mention it quickly because if it does happen, that's definitely important, so... Other than that, as I said before for the show today, we've got the open-ended question I asked you for the social media segment. I'll also be telling you who it was the Yankees signed this past week, and we'll be covering what Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman said in their interviews this past week with the media. So let's get right into it and get into this week's question. We'll start on Twitter like we always do. This week's open-ended question is, excluding re-signing DJ, which trade or signing would you most like to see the Yankees make at this point in time? Now, I have to put that disclaimer excluding DJ because for most of or all of us, obviously the top priority, even the Yankees have said this themselves, is and should be re-signing DJ. We have well established that and we have beaten the DJ subject to death on this show. So I wanted to check in here at this juncture at the end of December and see which other moves, trades, or signings you would like to see the Yankees make excluding re-signing DJ. New rumors are always surfacing, and it's good every once in a while throughout the offseason, in my opinion, to check in and see what you guys are thinking. Except for the obvious, what else would you like to see the Yankees do at this point in time? And I obviously know that it's plausible to say that a lot of other things the Yankees may or may not choose to do is continue 
contingent on whether they bring DJ back or not. I understand that, and I've said that myself, that that could very well be the case. But again, we know that DJ is a top priority for most people, including myself, and even the Yankees have said so. We obviously know that. And plus, we've just spoken about DJ so much this offseason already, so why not try to talk about other subjects that the Yankees might need to address? And we've done that plenty too, but I wanted to hear from you guys and see what other moves you would possibly make other than re-signing DJ, or maybe even not re-signing him. Now, unlike on past episodes, I'm not going to go into a 10-minute tirade on this question because my top priority outside of DJ has also been well-established, and that priority is starting pitching, so obviously that's my take on this question. Whether it be through a trade or a signing, of course the trade depending on who they would be giving away, I want the Yankees to acquire some starting pitching. I have made that more than clear on the show for weeks now. There are many names out there. Obviously, even Tanaka is a free agent right now. You could re-sign him. As we've said, although he has his flaws, he's a reliable and durable arm in a rotation so far, a projected 2021 rotation that has a lot of question marks in it besides Garrett Cole. And having a reliable, durable, and fierce competitor like Masahiro Tanaka in a rotation like that could be helpful. So again, you could re-sign him. You have Trevor Bauer out there, who I've also expressed I would love to see in pinstripes, even though I have also expressed that I don't think we will ever see that. And I still don't think we ever will, but I would love to see it. The guy has great stuff, and I would be very curious to see how his personality would work out with the Yankee fans here in New York. And obviously anybody who would come in via signing, like Trevor Bauer, Masahiro Tanaka, and others would, where the Yankees are concerned, it obviously depends on what kind of money they ask for and how many years they ask for. I'm just saying what I would be interested in right now. You also have names like Corey Kluber out there. You have some people talking about trading for Blake Snell. Some people have even mentioned Jake Odorizzi. Some have mentioned Taiwan Walker, Cole Hamels. Don't forget that James Paxton is also a free agent at this point. I don't know how many of you would be interested in seeing him have a return to the Yankees. Of course, his health is always a concern, but those are just some names I'm throwing at you right now as far as names who have been spoken about either a lot or names that have at least been mentioned by the Yankees themselves or by Yankees fans. The last couple of days, it was even announced that the Cincinnati Reds would be listening to offers potentially on Luis Castillo, one of their very young and promising starting pitchers. Just turned 28 years old, only been in the majors for four years because they and a good amount of organizations around the game are really looking to unload. They say they were really hurt financially by the pandemic, and they're looking to cut some payroll too. And also, the thing about Luis Castillo is he also has three years left of team control. That could be a big deal to organizations looking for starting pitching. Now, there's no guarantee he'll be traded. They just said that they would be listening to offers. And for a guy of Castillo's talents, the talent level required in a return would probably be very, very high. They would likely require a lot in return. A big haul. Whether it be big names already established in the big leagues, or even prospects, but probably prospects that are ready to impact Major League Baseball. They're Major League ready and set to have an immediate impact. So you get what I'm saying. There are a lot of names that have been thrown around out there. Some of those names recently, and some of those names since the offseason started. But to be blunt, and to stay consistent with my opinion, I am not deviating from this. The Yankees need to acquire a starter. We've gone through it all already. The 2021 projected rotation outside of Cole and how many question marks there are. Domingo Herman has not been on a major league mound and faced major league live hitting since the later part of 2019 and obviously has had a great deal happen in his personal life since he was exposed for domestically abusing his significant other. And he's playing winter ball right now, but for the most part, to say the least, he's been getting shelled. So not a really good indicator as to his ability right now. 
Not saying that's how it'll stay, or that that means he'll for sure have a poor 2021. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that it has not been a good start so far. As I said, big time question mark. Luis Severino coming back from Tommy John surgery and is not even going to be a factor until the second half of the season. And even when he is a factor, he's coming off the biggest surgery a pitcher can get in Tommy John surgery. There is no guarantee he will even be the same Luis Severino that we all remember and love. Big question mark. Jordan Montgomery had Tommy John surgery, came back in the later part of 2019. He only had a couple of outings, did not look good in those couple of outings, and then he unfortunately had to pitch in a very weird, shortened 2020 season, so there is that too. As I said, for all players who struggled in 2020, you could use that for at least a little bit of the reason that they may have struggled, but nonetheless, he was inconsistent. And yes, he did finish off very nicely in the ALDS against the Rays in Game 4, pitched a terrific game. He came through big for the Yankees when their backs were up against the wall. In a start where not many people, I have to say, I own up to it, even though I'm a fan of Montgomery's, even I wasn't confident in his chances for Game 4. You remember if you listened. And at the time, I think it was plenty reasonable to feel that way. But the fact is, even if he only had a couple of outings in the later part of 2019 after his return from Tommy John and had to pitch in a weird shortened 2020 season, since he has returned from Tommy John surgery, he's been inconsistent. Question mark. Davey Garcia had a fantastic first season in the major leagues in 2020 in a shortened season like no other, because you also got to remember that that one start at Fenway really inflated his ERA. He has remarkable skill and is so poised on the mound, especially for someone of his extremely young age. But he is very young. And can he repeat that performance in a season that'll be much longer, whether it be the regular 162-game season we all know of, or even close to that if the season is to be pushed back a little bit? I'm not taking away from his 2020 performance, I'm just saying that I classify that as a question mark. He was fantastic, but he's got to prove that he could do it again and in a longer season. Clark Schmidt, again, even though he had a rough debut in a rough situation being brought out of the bullpen in Baltimore that night, and he has so much promise because the stuff in his arsenal is so good, in the very brief time we saw him in the later part of the 2020 shortened season, he struggled. That's a question mark. We need to see more of him. And I even heard some people mention someone in the likes of Michael King, for instance. Michael King, so far, he's had his good outings, but more often than not, he can't pitch three innings without falling apart, sometimes even less than that. Can you comfortably rely on him being effective more often than not? He would probably be better off as middle relief in the bullpen. So again, what I've been trying to say, as I've said so many times the last few weeks, is the Yankees need starting pitching. They need starters. There's no way to get around it. So that, of course, is my answer. Specifically, I would love to see them sign for Bauer, but I truly think we're never going to see that happen. As I've also said, I would be completely fine with them bringing Tanaka back if it were for a good price, and I am more than open, of course, to hearing plenty of other options, whether they be trades or signings, of course, depending on what the return would be if it were to be a trade, and how much money or years they would ask for if it were to be a signing. So with that being said, when it comes to hearing about other opinions, what do you say we get down to those replies? We'll try to get to about 10 or 15 of them as usual, as I said. See how we're doing on time, and then we'll head on over to Instagram and see what you guys had to say on there. But to start off our replies here on Twitter, we have at TeganGram23. 
And Tegan says, we need pitching. Archie Bradley, who follows a suspicious amount of Yankees, is a great bullpen piece which we could get for a reasonable price. The other guy I'm big on is Jake Odorizzi. While Corey Kluber has the name, Jake Odorizzi has the skills and could be signed for a much lower price. Take the money that you would have spent of Hendricks and Bauer and funnel it into DJ. I'd much rather have a cheaper DJ Bradley Odorizzi combo than a very expensive Bauer Hendricks combo. Yeah, if you're looking at it from the Yankees perspective and they're looking to cut some payroll this offseason, the cheaper option would probably make more sense for them. So I would agree with that, but I mean, who would turn away a Bauer and Hendricks combo? Obviously more attractive names and skills-wise, but yes, of course, as you said, they would obviously cost more in an offseason where the Yankees are trying to be smarter with their money. Again, not that anybody cares about the Yankees and their apparent financial difficulties. Nobody cares to hear about that, me included. But yes, you have to think about it from their perspective too and what you feel they would be willing to realistically do. So yeah, that cheaper combo may make more sense. I think Archie Bradley is a fine option for the Yankees bullpen, and I've spoken about him in past weeks. I mentioned how he even posted that picture of himself with the CC Sabathia jersey on. I believe he posted that on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. But Yankee fans went into a tizzy after that post went up. And he's a solid option out there. He would really add to the back end of that bullpen. And Jake Odorizzi, yeah, he's gotten a lot of wins before, but the lowest ERA he ever had in his career was back in 2015, and that was 335, which isn't bad, but that was the lowest he ever had. He had a few seasons where it was in the fours, and 2019, which was his best season, it was 351, and he had 15 wins. That was the most wins he had in a season. That was a good season for him. It was all right. And in the shortened season in 2020, he only started in four games, and his ERA was 659. So yeah, Jake Odorizzi would be an okay option, I guess. Probably typically a number four starter maybe at best a number three maybe probably safely view him as more of a four i mentioned him earlier because you along with a few others that i've seen have mentioned him as a potential option and he would definitely come cheaper as you mentioned the Yankees have seen him plenty in the past, mainly in the five years he spent with the Rays, then the last three years he spent with the Twins, so he has experience in the American League East as well as the American League overall for the most part. He's only pitched in the American League in his career. He started his career with the Royals, then he went to the Rays, and then the Twins, so he's been in the American League East and Central could be an option. And yes, you also mentioned Kluber. Of course, Kluber is a huge name, but there's the injury risk there. And despite how talented Kluber obviously is, some people might question, is it worth bringing in an injury-prone player with all the other players that the Yankees have who have trouble staying healthy? And then, of course, as you mentioned, re-signing DJ is of the utmost importance. So yeah, just like I said before, Tegan, lots of different options as you've mapped out as well. But yeah, the Yankees definitely need pitching overall. But if it were up to me, as you said after you were talking about Archie Bradley too, they need starting pitching badly. Let's continue on. At C Pizza IA is up next, and they say another veteran starting pitcher. We have all question marks after Cole and a replacement for Canely. His loss was bigger than most thought last year, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. As I've said, question marks after Cole. A starter is needed. And you know what? Yeah, out in the bullpen, I've mentioned that. Just it's not my top priority outside of DJ. But yeah, adding another arm out in the bullpen would certainly be nice. I've stressed that many times myself, how big the loss of Canely was, especially in the playoffs when you felt who else am I going to go to in the bullpen? It'd be awfully nice out there right now if Canely were an option. So yes, I totally hear you on that. The Canely loss was huge, and I've said that many times myself here on the show. At Ruiz C is up next, and he says Trevor Bauer. All right, yeah, I would love for that to happen, as I've said, but I don't see it realistically happening, but I'd love it. Without a doubt, one of the biggest starting pitchers out there, if not the biggest. 
at Kylie6464 says, get Guardy back on the team so he can retire a Yankee as he deserves. Yeah, I'm on board for that. Listen, I've said many times in the past, if it's at a friendly price, if it's very reasonable, can't be spending a lot of money on him because you have to remember in an offseason where the Yankees are looking to cut payroll and save money where they can, if they were to pay him a lot of money to return, that wouldn't be right because, well, first of all, at this stage of his career, he shouldn't be making big money. And second of all, that money could go elsewhere to a part of the team that is in desperate need of improvements like the starting rotation. But hey, if it's for a reasonable price, and also, I really can't imagine him being the everyday starter anymore. But as I've also mentioned, he would be a very good piece to have if the injury bug is to bite again, because another thing about Guardi is that he is very durable. Whenever the team is completely collapsed from injuries, he's always out there. So not only could he be a solid backup, but he could also be there for if injury is to strike again, and he could be there to help. So under those conditions, I'd be all for that, because Gardner himself has said that he wants to retire in front of a crowd in Yankee Stadium where fans are present. I mean, who could blame the guy? After all the years he spent for the Yankees, Yankees and how loyal he was to them, and how many moments he's shared, how much time he's given to this team and organization and the fans, I would probably want to do the same thing. So yes, as we've discussed, and we've also talked about Gardner a great deal this offseason, under those conditions, sure, bring him back and have him retire the way he deserves to. Next is at David Rifkin, and David says, sign Walker and Archie Bradley. All right, so another Archie Bradley guy. I'm on board for that. And sign Walker, you mean Taiwan Walker? I mean, yeah, he could work, but there is a little bit of a risk there because if you recall, Taiwan Walker didn't pitch most of 2018 and 2019 because of Tommy John surgery. Obviously, that's a lot of missed time. He only pitched 13 innings in 2018 and only pitched one inning in the final week of 2019. He returned fully in 2020 for the shortened season. What a season to return in after missing the better part of two years from Tommy John, right? (laughs) So he came back in 2020 and he had himself a pretty good year. He split time with the Mariners and the Blue Jays and combined he had an ERA of 270, a 4 ERA on the dot with the Mariners and a 137. ERA with the Blue Jays, 43 hits and 50 strikeouts in 53 and a third innings. Not a bad season, especially for a strange, weird, shortened 2020 season after missing the better part of the prior two seasons. He did have his moments, though, where he had trouble with walking guys, particularly in a couple outings against the Yankees, if you recall. But there is that little bit of a risk there. If 2021 is a full season, or even if it's close to a full season, the last time he'll have done that was 2017. But he has good stuff, and his 2020 wasn't bad. But hey, if you want to take a shot on him, then so be it. Up next, we have at Don Bonnie, and they say, If DJ is gone, I will trade for Lindor and build around him. I sacrifice Torres. I don't like to do it, but Cleveland is not dumb and they want something good back. Then, since you broke the bank, get Bauer. Anything less is cheap and stupid and won't get you anywhere. I mean, yeah, if DJ leaves, you're definitely going to have to fill that void with someone really, really good. So Lindor would be ideal skills-wise, both offensively and defensively. But you're sacrificing Glaber? I mean, first of all, if you want to look at it from a realistic standpoint, I do not see the Yankees letting Glaber go like that. And you'd be letting two infielders go at that point. If DJ's gone and you get rid of Torres, you're losing two great talents and just getting one back. What do you, what else do you do? You'd probably have to do something else to fill the void of Glaber Torres then. Obviously, yes, for someone of Lindor's talents, Cleveland is going to want someone back that's good. But I don't see Glaber as an option. And if he were to go, what do you do after that? Getting Bauer after that would be nice for the rotation, of course. That would be great. I would love to have Bauer. But after getting rid of Glaber, which is a ton for Lindor, which, as I said, I don't really agree with, and letting DJ walk, what else are you going to do for the infield? And when you're to get Lindor, unless you just want him to be a 2021 rental, you'd have to extend him. That'd be more money. And then you're going to give a ton more money to Trevor Bauer. 
hour? I mean, particularly in an offseason where the Yankees want to save money and cut payroll, especially like this one. And just for trying to make sense for this in general, I don't see that as a path they would go down at all. And it's not something that I would do either, business-wise and for the team. But hey, we're entitled to our opinion, but that's my opinion on it. And just in general, this is just something I want to get out there. I would get any and all Glaber Torres trade ideas out of your heads because I really don't see the Yankees getting rid of Glaber ever. I've expressed that in the past and I still feel the same way. I just do not see Glaber going anywhere. I think the Yankees value Glaber unbelievably. At MadBrad61 says, I would like to find a way to fit Kyle Schwarber on the team. We need some left-handed power. Yeah, I mean, left-handed bats in general have been a need for the Yankees in that lineup of theirs for some time now. For a while now, we know the Yankees have been heavily right-handed. But the problem also is, where are you going to play him? Giancarlo really clogs up that DH position. And we know the Yankees are determined to keep him as a DH because they feel putting him in the outfield just raises his risk of getting hurt even more. And they've just been desperate to try to find ways to keep Giancarlo healthy and on the field. So Giancarlo really clogs up that DH position and he's really not going anywhere. He just opted in for the rest of his contract. He has a no trade clause. And even if he were to choose another team to go to, who would take him if they're not a big market team? Who would take that contract? We've said this many times in the past, so I really don't see Giancarlo going anywhere and he really plugs up the DH role. And defense-wise, Schwarber is really not good. (laughs) In the past, he has not been good defensively. They've put him in the outfield in the past and out there right now. As it is, from left to right, the Yankees outfield is pretty much Frazier, Hicks, and Judge. And as far as the infield, if for some reason you'd want to try him in the infield somewhere, if DJ returns and nothing else happens with the infield, on paper, the Yankees are situated there too, so... The problem is, where would you put Schwarber? So yeah, while the Yankees could definitely use a left-handed bat, and although the Yankees have no shortage of power, one of power like Kyle Schwarber's, where do you put him so that he could be in the lineup? That's the question you gotta ask. Up next on Twitter, the next idea we have is from at Mr. Donnelly AZ, and they say Trevor Bauer. Alright, another Trevor Bauer fan. Again, although I would love to see it, I just don't think we will. Then we had at Chip underscore Tess John, and they say, Give me Masa. Three years, 15 to 17 million a year. Yeah, I've mentioned certain amounts of years and money that I might or might not give Masahiro if he were to return. Yeah, two or three years, 15 million. I don't think that's outrageous. Maybe two, but yeah, there could definitely be more outrageous suggestions than that one. And as I said, I would not be opposed to Masahiro Tanaka coming back in a year next year where outside of Cole, as I've said, there are so many question marks. Next, we have at a Beltron 1993, and they say, for trade, I would like for the Yankees to acquire Lindor or trade for Hendricks or Musgrove. And a signing, I would like the Yankees to sign starting pitcher Tomoyuki Sogano. All right, so we got another Lindor fan and trade for Hendricks. Now, Hendricks, do you mean Liam Hendricks or Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs? I assume you mean Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs because of your spelling of the name, first of all, and second of all, you said trade. And the relief pitcher, Liam Hendricks, is free agent right now, so you would sign him. So I assume you're talking about Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs. All right, I haven't heard that one yet. Or Musgrove. Yeah, a lot of people mentioned Musgrove too. I mean, I'm not really that big a fan of his considering before 2020, the shortened season, he never had an ERA under four. And even in 2020, it was 386, still close to four. He's given up a lot of hits compared to innings pitched in the past. In a lot of years, he's given up more hits than innings pitched. And for most years in his career, he's also never had as many strikeouts as innings pitched either. So he's not too big a strikeout guy. And I'm not saying all pitchers need to be strikeouts guys, don't misunderstand me. Like, for instance, some pitchers are ground ball pitchers, like Zach Britton, for example, and some other pitchers will rely on fly balls and just getting outs in the air. 
But strikeouts to innings pitched is something I pay attention to, especially if the pitcher has had high ERAs in the past like Musgrove has. And 2020 is the only year that he had more strikeouts than innings pitched if you even care about it. But my point is, he's not that impressive. So if I were to inquire about him, I really wouldn't give up much to get him. Maybe he could also be packaged with Jamison Tyon like we were talking about last week when the Yankees were talking to the Pirates. And as far as Tomoyuki Sogano, for those of you who don't know who that is, he's a pitcher from Japan who is on the free agent market and people are expecting for him to come over to the U.S. to possibly make his Major League debut in 2021. He's 31 years old, a seasoned pitcher from Japan, and he's got really good stuff. He's very talented. And people have mentioned him as an option as far as starting pitchers for this offseason too, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. Of course, there's the general question mark as to how he would perform in the United States as opposed to Japan. That's the question with all of these guys that come over from other countries. But with his talent, there are plenty of teams that usually like to take chances on guys like him. So we'll see where he ends up if he indeed does come over to the United States, which I expect him to. But okay, giving a variety of different ideas. I'm always down for that. Next is at Tiz71, and they say Lindor. Okay, another Lindor lover. Question is, though, who are you willing to give up or let walk for him to fit in on the infield? If you let DJ walk, then you could slide Glaber back to second and then get Lindor to play short, of course. If you trade Luke Voigt, which has been an idea floated around by some, one that I haven't really agreed with, but... Since it is an idea floated around by some, we could just entertain it for a second. If you're to do that, then first base is up for grabs if you bring DJ back. Some people are fine with just sliding DJ over to first, which I don't agree with because it's not his primary position and it's not where he plays best. But you could do that, then put Glaber at second again, and then still have shortstop open for Lindor, so what would you be willing to do? That's the question, but if you want Lindor, then fair enough. My good friend Tina at MountainGal456 is up next, and Tina says, Would love to see Gardy back and retire with the Yankees and also a number two starter behind Cole. Not sure if the Yankees can swing Bauer, but that would be pretty cool. Not just pretty cool. If you're asking me, that'd be freaking awesome. So yeah, although realistically, I don't see that happening with the Yankees, I'm on board with that, Tina. And we got another Guardy post. Gardner's getting some love on this post. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. Next, we had at Laker 477, and they say, in my honest opinion, while not a popular take, I want Gardner back. Tanaka also needs to be re-signed and an additional top-line starter. For example, Bauer must be added via trade. Well, if you're talking about Bauer being added via trade, no, that wouldn't be a trade. He's a free agent. You just sign him. But would you look at that? Another Gardner post. We got multiple people saying that they would like to see Gardner return and retire as a Yankee like he deserves to. All right, I respect it. I do. As far as Tanaka, you know in a rotation that as of now has a lot of question marks beyond Garrett Cole that I would not be opposed to bringing Tanaka back for the right price and for the right contract, so I'd be on board for that. And the additional top-line starter, which you said, for example, Trevor Bauer, yeah, that would be unbelievably ideal. It really would. At Evan D. Wetzel 4 says Bauer. Yep, I'd love to see it too. At Savage Empire Pod also says Bauer. All right, we got a lot of Bauer supporters here. I'm here for that. Next is Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says, hi, Mike. Hello, Rebecca. (laughs) She went on to say, I would like to see Gardner back. He deserves to retire a Yankee and hopefully be in front of fans. I'd also like to see a solid number two starter behind Cole. I like the idea of Bauer and bring back Tanaka. Yeah, as far as bringing back Tanaka for a friendly contract and then adding another frontline starter like a Trevor Bauer, as I've said, that would be ideal. And look at that. Another Gardner post. I'm telling you, we got a good amount of Gardner love in these responses this week. All right, let's do two more. Up next, we have at Laura underscore Icemont, and Laura says, Yankees should re-sign Tanaka. Again, if it's a reasonable contract, I'm on board for it. 
And lastly, we'll finish up with at NYYFanForever96, and they say re-sign Tanaka and sign a starting pitcher. All right, so another re-signed Tanaka person and possibly another starting pitcher, maybe a frontliner like Bauer you would like. Seems like it to me. But as for Twitter, that is all for the social media replies. As always, I want to thank you guys so, so much for all of your responses on Twitter. They mean the world to me, and I apologize for those who I did not get to. There were plenty that I did not get around to reading, but you know the deal, guys. Just keep on commenting every week. I'll get to you eventually. And if you want to check out the post for yourself and read the replies at I didn't get to, or even the ones that I did get to, just if you want to see the replies for yourself, then just head on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero, and all you got to do is scroll down on my timeline and find the tweet with the question, and just click on the tweet and see the replies under it. If you know how to use Twitter, it shouldn't be hard for you to do. And also, if you do decide to do that, and you want to go visit my Twitter page to see the replies to the social media question, obviously, if you haven't already, just hit the follow button and give me a follow on Twitter. I would very much appreciate it. But let's head on over to Instagram and see what what you Instagrammers had to say to the very same question, and then we'll move on to the little bit of Yankees news that we have for this week to wrap up the show. And in case you forgot, that very same question is, excluding re-signing DJ, which trade or signing would you most like to see the Yankees make at this point in time? Now let's hear what a few of you had to say to that question here on Instagram. Sheba Husky Lover is up first, and he says, I thought it was a mistake when Cashman traded for the often injured Paxton simply because he was under team control for a couple of years. I think this time around, since they won't be spending a lot of money in free agency, I think they should target Cincinnati's Castillo. I don't know why the Reds would give him up because he's still under team control for a few years, but that's the guy I'd target in a trade. Alright, so we've got someone who's pro-Castillo. I've seen a few of them the last couple of days. And honestly, again, as I said earlier in the show, I think it would require a big haul. So it just depends on who you would be willing to or not willing to part ways with on the Yankees. Whether it's someone who we know and love well on the main roster, or if it's a prospect who's ready to impact Major League Baseball immediately, someone who's very close and could have a big impact. I mean, it just depends on who the Reds ask for and whether you'd be willing to part ways with those certain names or not. But yes, as I mentioned before, Castillo is still under team control for a few more years, as you said too. And he's a promising young arm. He absolutely is. So I can definitely understand that. Up next is at Sayesh2914, and Sayesh says Lindor. Alright, another Lindor person, but again, who would you be willing to part ways with in order to give him room on the infield? That's the question at hand. Next is Ashley underscore Fox, and Ashley says DD. Alright, that's really not surprising to me because I know Ashley from Twitter, and I could tell you that Ashley's probably, no, not actually, definitely the biggest DD fan I've ever interacted with. But again, who do you part ways with to make room for him on the infield and solidify a Yankees reunion? Just like with Lindor, that's the question. Next is my lovely girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and Vic also says DD. So Ashley and Vic on the same page. Again, you gotta make room for him. But hey, I get it. As far as infield options, if you are to lose DJ or if you want to make room on the infield for these guys in some other way, at this point, I've basically hit on all potential possibilities for that on the show, whether I agree with them or not. Then if you have the room for him, then DD is certainly an option. There are a ton of Yankee fans out there that would be up for a reunion and they really enjoyed watching DD play as a Yankee over the years. So if a spot opens up for him, 
Could be a possibility. He did only sign a one-year deal with Philly, and he's a free agent now. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And as always, last but certainly not least is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, in general, starting pitching is definitely needed. But being that I'm a mom, I'll admit that I'm not great at keeping up with all the new names and their abilities. However, I will say that I expect the powers that be, who run the Yankees organization, to do the right thing by choosing whoever and paying whatever they need to ensure a team that reflects the wealthiest financial backing in sports history. Don't want to hear about their desire to cut budget as they have made some ridiculous payouts in the past to players that had no business ever seeing those kind of salaries due to their incapabilities. So now is not the time to get cheap. Resign DJ for starters and then look at starting pitchers and let's finally get another great team and let's finally win another World Series. Well, amen to that. I think we're all in agreement on that, that we just want the Yankees to win another World Series at the end of the day. As far as giving ridiculous contracts to players who did not deserve them, and it ended up going very badly, I can think of a few. And hey, at least do acknowledge that the Yankees are in need of starting pitching and they should bring back DJ. You don't have to know every single name out there. I know firsthand that you got plenty going on, Mom, so don't worry about it. I know all the names because it's basically my job to know them. (laughs) It really is. But with someone with as busy of a life as yours, of course, it's not a big deal if you don't know all the names. Sometimes even for us who talk sports for a living or want to talk sports for a living someday, it's tough to keep up with. But I hear you, and I love your reply. Just like I love the rest of your replies. And speaking of the rest of you, one more time, I just want to thank you all so, so much for taking the time out of your day to join in on the Yankee social media segment, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram. As I say every week, your interactions with the show mean more to me than I possibly could even put into words. I love every single one of you, and I love hearing your thoughts each and every week. Just keep on replying every single week if I did not get to you. And again, if you want to check out the social media question for yourself on my Twitter, just head on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Scroll down on the timeline and find the tweet with the question, and you can see all the responses under the tweet. As far as seeing the responses on Instagram, obviously you can't because people DM me those and you do not have access to my DMs. And also, as far as the social media segment post each week on Instagram, I do it on my Insta story, which of course vanishes after 24 hours. So that is gone by the time you're listening to this. But again, you could always check it out on Twitter. Just go to my timeline at Mike Scudero. Just go to my page, scroll down, find the tweet, and all the replies should be under there. But again, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of your interactions. But let's keep it going here on episode 77 and get to the final part of the show, which obviously is Yankees news. First up in Yankees news today is something that I, of course, teased to you at the start of the show, and that would be a signing that the Yankees made this past week. Again, not a massive one, but worth talking about, and it should be a name that you recognize from the past. And that name is Adam Warren. So they signed Adam Warren yet again, seemingly for the 82nd time, but if I'm not mistaken, this is his fourth time on the Yankees. He joined the team in 2012, of course, if you remember that. He only pitched one game that year. In 2013, 14, 15, he had a much bigger role for the team. 2016, he split time with the Cubs and the Yankees. 2017, he came back. And then in 2018, he split time with the Yankees and the Mariners, so they traded him away again. Then from the Mariners in 2018, he went to the Padres in 2019. He really struggled. And then, of course, that season ended with him getting Tommy John surgery. But then after the surgery, last offseason, Brian Cashman signed him to a two-year minor league deal. Of course, that would cover the first year, which he would not pitch. And then the second year was to be for when he did return. In other words, for 2021. 
But then this past July in 2020, they decided to cut him. And now, so I guess that would make this the fourth time he's back, the Yankees re-signed him to another minor league deal. Again, he's coming off a Tommy John surgery, but he should be ready to go for the start of 2021, whenever that may be. And when it comes to Warren, again, I think this is a pretty good move. As I teased earlier in the show, it could definitely turn out to be a low-risk, high-reward sort of situation. The low risk, of course, with it just being a minor league deal, and the high reward being if it's to work out very nicely. That is, of course, if he is to come up after giving him a major league deal. So if that works out for minimal money, then that's, of course, fantastic. You'll have gotten a good arm out there in the bullpen, for very little. Although Warren wasn't beyond amazing, he was a pretty solid innings eater out in the bullpen. And if he could again be a solid, reliable arm out there and eat a lot of innings when the Yankees need him to, or maybe even just call upon him whenever they need him, he's flexible out there in the pen. And if he could do whatever they need him to, and he could again prove himself reliable, then again, low risk, high reward. You will have just made a very good move if you're the Yankees. That would be a big deal for the middle part of the bullpen. But again, there's always that high risk that he's coming off a Tommy John surgery, and that although he was a pretty good innings eater back then, he's not much to really write home about. That's why you sign him to the minor league deal, because it's a low risk. It's a good move. But if he can give us shades to the effective Adam Warren that used to be pretty good at eating innings whenever they needed him to, that makes it that much better that you were able to get a solid bullpen arm while also signing him to a very team-friendly deal. Low risk, high reward. So obviously, time will tell how good this move really is as time progresses and if Adam Warren does make it to the main roster and how he does when he's there. If it works out very well, then it was a really good move, a really, really good decision. If not, then it's a minor league deal. He stays with the minor league squad and that's that. And if you're the Yankees, you'll have wasted little to no money at all. So to me, it's pretty much a win-win. So let's hope that Adam Warren can make a nice impact with the Yankees in 2021, and that getting the Tommy John surgery has good results for him. So that announcement about Adam Warren came on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, that was the day that Aaron Boone addressed the media, and he basically reiterated a lot of the things that Cashman had already said in prior interviews, namely that DJ is their top priority. We've heard that plenty of times already. And of course, people ask him because people are curious about some of the objectives and plans the Yankees have going forward, and neither him nor Cashman really give too much leeway as to that. But the topic mainly centered around DJ. Gary Sanchez playing winter ball is usually a topic that's frequently brought up, that and their plans for him next year. But out of the Boone interview, not much else was spoken about that we haven't already heard. Now, on Wednesday, and in a couple of other instances too, Cashman addressed the media. And he reiterated a lot of things. Again, DJ's a top priority. He went into the payroll possibilities again, how much more they'd be willing to go over it if they were to, and is it possible that they do? And it does seem possible, but exactly how much, of course, he just wouldn't get into specifics. Of course, we know that magic number of 210, that's what they're looking to be around or under as far as next season, but maybe they'd be willing to go over anywhere from like 210 to 230 or 240. We don't know specifics. But yes, they did speak about payroll, and he did also repeat something else, and that is that the Yankees will probably still have the highest payroll in the game again regardless. Yes, the highest payroll in the game. Nice to hear, of course, but it'd be nice if all that payroll resulted, you know, in a championship, because at the end of the day, that's really what matters, right? And as far as championships, since 2009, it's done, as it's said in Italian, niente. <laughs> 
<laughs> Got to bring in a little Italian. But yes, he did say regardless, the Yankees will probably still have the highest payroll in the game again. As I said before too, he did also repeat that they're still working with DJ and that he is their top priority. The last couple of weeks we have heard that a lot. And with each passing day, it looks more and more like this is going to carry into January as I said it would. We've obviously, as I said, beaten the DJ subject to death on this show. And in general, it's been beaten to death just in the general public. But obviously, as far as signing him or officially letting him walk, nothing has happened in that arena yet as some people continue to get more and more anxious with each passing moment. Me personally, you guys know how I feel, of course. I don't like it more than much of anybody else that it's going on for so long, but I am remaining confident that DJ will still return. So we'll continue to wait because we don't have much other choice, and we'll see what happens with it. Now, Cashman also said something that really caught my eye. I was like, really? <laughs> but he also said that he gets lots of calls around the league from teams asking about Mike Talkman. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, how are they asking about him? Do they really want him that bad? What are they willing to give for him? He didn't really give much information on that forefront, but he just said that some teams around the league are asking about Mike Talkman. I was like, okay then. <laughs> I guess that's cool. He then went on to say another thing that I was very happy to hear him say. He spoke about one more key scenario that many people have spoken about, perhaps being a possibility in the past, and one that I've even shed some light on here on Yapping Yankees in the past, even though I don't necessarily agree with it. And I even mentioned it again briefly back in the social media segment here on today's episode. And he basically put this potential scenario to bed. This scenario being the one where people wanted to trade Luke Voigt with the idea of having LeMahieu playing first. He did say that as of now, in his mind, he says he wants LeMahieu at second. And if you've listened to me, you know that I already knew that this was probably going to be the case. I've echoed that many times. They really love Luke. They obviously plan on bringing LeMahieu back, which of course we're still waiting on and hope happens sooner rather than later. And that they believe in Glaber's ability to improve at short, which I've also said could very well be possible. So since he says he pictures LeMahieu at second not at first, and they continue to believe that Glaber could improve at short, even though they acknowledge he's better at second, although not astronomically better, that they do believe he could still improve and be their shortstop. So if they want LeMahieu at second that badly, that basically puts the trading Luke Voigt idea to bed. Because in the Luke Voigt trading idea, the contingency was that after Luke leaves, that DJ would play first. But Cashman said he wants DJ at second primarily, which I agree with, because as I've said myself, I don't think it's the right thing to put DJ at first base full-time where that's not his best position. He's okay there just because of how great of a fielder he is in general, but he's not great there. It's not his best position. Second base is his best position. He can play first, but not as good as he could play second, maybe not even third for that matter. He's a pretty solid third baseman, but again, second is his primary position. So I'm glad Cashman said that because I agree with that idea. And I'm glad that that could finally more or less put that trade Luke Voigt idea to bed. At least as far as the idea of trading Luke and then putting DJ at first. Because as you guys know, if you've been listening to me since the start of the offseason, I've really never been on board with that idea. But I also haven't really been on board with the idea of trading Luke Voigt at all. Of course, I know Luke is not good defensively at first. I'm aware of that. He makes his occasional plays there, but overall, of course, he has plenty of defensive struggles. But to lose that bat and to lose someone who loves being a Yankee that much... I just don't dig it. I'm really not on board with it. I'm a Luke Voigt guy. I don't know what to tell you. So again, he basically put that to rest by saying he wants DJ at second. That is, of course, if he's to return. And also, once again, that they believe in Glaber's ability to improve at short, which I've also said could very
very well be possible. How many times have I said that here on this show, how young Glaber is, how talented he is, and that I believe that with true hard work and dedication that he could improve? I could be wrong, but I'm not quick to give up on someone of Glaber's talents at such a young age. You gotta work with the kid. I mean, if DJ is to God forbid leave and second base is open, then you put Glaber back at second because he is better there. But as I've said, if the infield stays the same, Luke Voigt at first, if DJ returns and plays second, and Glaber's at short, you work with the kid. And I hope they have been, because what I've been saying, that he could improve at shortstop, if you ask me, only happens if they have been and hopefully continue to work his rear end off all offseason long practicing at shortstop. Glaber is a young and talented kid. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Get him into good shape, work him hard, and with time and dedication, I think it's more than possible to see a Clint Frazier type of defensive transformation. Clint proved that it's possible. You could be as atrocious as Clint Frazier was defensively before 2020 and have the transformation that he had in 2020. And the same could happen for Glaber. Some don't believe it, but I do. I could be wrong, I could be right, but only time will tell. It's not impossible. Nothing is. So there obviously are some things that Cashman said here in the interviews that I was glad to hear. Both this and his plans for the infield if DJ were to return, also ultimately putting the Luke Voigt trade idea to rest for good. Again, at least as far as putting DJ at first. And speaking of things that he said that I really liked, I don't want to forget to include this too because I only saw this just about maybe a couple hours ago because it just came out today. But I got a notification on my phone just a little bit earlier with an article that was saying that Cashman had said that he was looking into getting some more proven starters. And, well, hey, the last few weeks... That's been the main topic of discussion here on the show, other than DJ LeMahieu, of course. And that is the fact that I believe, and many other Yankee fans believe, that outside of DJ, the top priority is starting pitching. So if he really does mean that, I really look forward to seeing who he plans on acquiring. And again, I did just see this pop up on my phone earlier, and I didn't want to go the entire show without mentioning it. So fingers crossed, guys, I really hope the Yanks add a legitimate starting pitcher. And lastly, he also spoke about a meeting that took place, and that meeting was a meeting that he had with Domingo Herman. and in the meeting, Aaron Boone and Matt Blake, pitching coach Matt Blake, were also there. And Cashman said that it was quote-unquote very personal and was a heart-to-heart of sorts that it was an important conversation, and it was good and healthy. So, I suppose that's good to hear. I imagine they spoke about a variety of different things, both off-the-field stuff and on-the-field, talking to him about the future, 2021. So, if the conversation was as good as he says it is, then that's a good thing. As far as Domingo Herman himself, you know how I feel about him. I've said it tons of times. I hate what he did, obviously. Domestic violence is absolutely disgusting. There's no defending it. I wouldn't have cared at all if the Yankees even just let him go. But I believe in second chances. If he has reformed himself and continues on that path from here on out, then that's obviously good. As a Yankee, he's going to be back at this point, no doubt about that. And if he can help the team, then great. I try my best to separate person from player, but with something like domestic violence, it can be difficult. So that's that. If the conversation went well and they truly think he's changed and reformed, then good. But we'll see what happens with this going forward. So as far as news, guys, that's pretty much it. Before we end today, though, I just wanted to let you know, just before we end, that I will be making an important announcement on next week's episode regarding Yapping Yankees in the month of January. And since next week is the final episode of December, which is obviously also the final episode of 2020, which is just crazy. That is when I'll be giving you this announcement. So stay tuned for that on next week's episode. 
But as for now, that is all for episode 77 of Yapping Yankees today. Let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much, much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias, at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at GruntTalksMLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball9 for helping to spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. Also, guys, be sure to follow me on all social media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And I'd also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel. The YouTube channel continues to grow. Please keep on helping it along. And also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, why not listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed? Episodes 34 up to episode 77 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Yapping Yankees is available on all four of these platforms, so do help spread the word and tell everybody you know to listen to Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, December 27th, when I come at you with episode 78 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Yankees, can't forget this, re-sign DJ. Have a good week, guys, and take care. (laughs) 